Hey there, welcome into a review episode of Waiting in the Sky with TJ Starman. This week's review is going to be Top Gun Maverick. I, and full disclosure, I uh, I saw Top Gun Maverick literally the day after I saw the original Top Gun for the first time. Um, it was a movie that had gotten away from me, um, had been recommended to me on countless occasions, but I just never got around to it. It took a sequel being made, what, 36 years after the fact for me to finally uh, just pull it up on Netflix and get through it. Uh, so you're going to get some fresh takes on both the original and the sequel in this review episode. But before I get in to all of that, I just want to take a moment to remind you, if you've not already um, subscribed, followed, liked or reviewed the show, whatever is the most fitting verb, um, please consider taking a moment to do so. Because we're such a small podcast, every single like, share, new follower, all of that means just so much. It also allows me to continuously put more effort and energy into making the show better. So I would ask you just to consider doing so. If you've already done that, I am so appreciative. So thank you so much. But uh, let's let's go ahead and get into this review. Um, so Top Gun Maverick, the kind of rough story synopsis, um, which is going to be pretty much the only thing that's non-spoilery for this review. Um, and then I'm going to dig into, into spoilers for both the original and the sequel here. Um, but kind of the story synopsis is that Tom Cruise's character, uh, Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell, um, is tasked with returning to Top Gun, which is like an elite Navy uh, fighter pilot school, to teach a, uh, a crop of students that have all graduated from Top Gun and prepare them for a, a new mission to destroy a, um, a uranium facility, I believe it is. And so this is being billed as like a uh nearly impossible mission and uh richard is probably going to chastise me for making that pun uh but i had to do it so they bring in not the best necessary well they do bring in the best but they don't bring in the best because he's the best they bring in the best because he is off to his uh old school shenanigans um being maverick played by tom cruise um, and so through some connections, he ends up teaching as a way to kind of uh, make up for his shenanigans. And so uh, one of the students in the class is uh, the son of his former co-pilot, uh, Goose, uh, whose name is Rooster, played by Miles Teller. And that's kind of the, you know, non-spoiler synopsis here as uh, we keep moving forward into the episode. I'm going to get full spoilery. So if you've not yet seen it and you care about being spoilered, um, take the chance to uh, pause, step away, go see the movie and come back after you've seen it. So it starts off and it's honestly, it, it was weird watching this the day after I watched Top Gun for the first time, because this is literally like the same opening uh, with the same old school kind of font, the, the same shots of the planes, um, the same music, and even the way it shifts into Danger Zone, uh, the Kenny Loggins classic that is essentially 
just plastered throughout the original movie. Um, it definitely makes its way into this movie as well. So if you are, are a fan of the first movie, like you're definitely going to enjoy this one. Um, this is a movie that was 1000% made for the nostalgic fans of the 80s original. I like a lot of gray hair, a lot of white hair even. So a little bit heavy handed with the theme there right off the bat at the start of the movie, because um, obviously the idea from Top Gun as a franchise now is that it's all about the pilot. You know, the pilot has to be willing to take risks in order to be the best. And when you take the pilot away from the situation, you're going to end up with drones that are, I guess, in the theory of the movie are not able to take the risk necessary to accomplish the mission um, in the way that that is intended. So, I, I mean, we really don't dig back into the drone idea um, throughout the rest of the movie. It seems like something they just kind of threw in there as a means of, of getting Maverick to Top Gun. And he, he ends up being, I wrote the quote down here, he's the fastest man alive. He ends up hitting Mach 10 in this plane um, and then just couldn't help himself. He has to push it a little bit further, ends up hitting, I think, 10.3 um, is where he maxes out before the plane just can't handle it and he has to eject. Uh, there's a great gag here where he walks into a diner all covered in like soot and everything. Obviously, he's going so fast over the Earth's curvature has no idea where he ended up so he he asks where am i and uh there's a little kid because of the flight suit that he was wearing it kind of looks like an astronaut goes earth and uh one of the funniest moments of of the movie and i i think there's a lot of really great moments of levity a couple of gags throughout the movie that got me laughing and i think that was necessary um very similar to the first one i think the first one had kind of those paced out uh, moments of comedy um, to kind of add to the tension and action that the movie is just so heavy with. Um, and I appreciated that for sure. So he ends up going to Top Gun. He's going to be teaching this new crop of students that are all younger. The difference here is that they've all graduated from uh, Top Gun previously. So they're already like solidified as the best of the best. And they're not like trying to graduate. They're trying to uh, make the cut for this team for this mission. And so rather than that being kind of the low level goal and the main goal being to graduate number one, like in the first movie, they kind of switch it up here and they want to make the team is kind of the low level goal. And then they want to be a team leader is the main goal that they're all striving for but again still kind of paint by numbers here um you find out that iceman is an admiral and he's the one that kind of pulled some strings to get maverick over to top gun as the teacher um john ham is the admiral that is overseeing the top gun operations and he's very much against maverick from the beginning um John Hamm, to no one's surprise, is playing a jerk very, very well in this. Um, and we see that, you know, he has rank on Maverick because Maverick has refused any type of promotion despite his um, just exemplary career that they describe. And uh, he just describes his reasoning is that he is where he belongs. He wants to be flying out there 
um, in this capacity as needed and doesn't want to be, you know, calling shots without getting any of that flight uh, experience in there as well. So I, I think it's great. I think there's a lot of things that they carry over from the first movie. I mean, like I said, it's literally kind of paint by numbers, but they do it in a, a slightly more refined way here. And I think that's just kind of with the way that film has evolved. So you get kind of the same underlying themes, but they're done a little bit differently in a more modern way, a more modern approach to everything for the most part. Um, but you're just going to be sprinkled in with with all of these references. And so that's the main thing. If you saw Top Gun and you enjoyed Top Gun, you're going to love Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we get the, um, let's see here. Uh, they, they kind of just replace characters uh, from the roster of students in the first one uh, where Maverick, who, I mean, he plays, he kind of fills that role himself as being there despite being the, the teacher. Um, but then you get Iceman is replaced with Hangman. Uh, you get Goose is replaced with Rooster. They're, they're playing like very similar roles in their personalities and everything too. Um, whereas Hangman it gets a little bit of Maverick sprinkled in there too, because uh, they make a point that he gets his name for always leaving his uh, wingman, uh, hanging them out to dry. And so that's where he got his name. There's obviously, a, there's a much more diverse cast here than in the original. Um, there's a female pilot Phoenix who they take jabs at her because it's kind of still like a boys club despite all of that. Um, but for the most part, I, I like the characters that they brought in uh, for this one. There's still really only a few that play any kind of significance. I think you get Phoenix and Bob as some more, the more important characters, hangman and rooster, like I mentioned as well. Um, Maverick obviously is, a, is an important character. And then you get John Hamm's character. Uh, I think it's Cyclone is his, his tag um, code sign. And, and I think that that is the same type of thing that they did in the original as well, where they did have a lot of characters, but they, for the most part, were pretty forgettable. Um, and so you're really only focused on like four or five characters. Um, you get the love interest uh, in this one, which I'm forgetting the the name of the uh, the love interest in the in the first one, but it's not important because it's a different character altogether. Uh, but still, someone that Maverick has a history with, uh, I believe, but not something we've seen on screen. It just kind of hinted at that they had a relationship, and so that's Penny, played by Jennifer Connelly, who I made a note here is just ridiculously attractive. Uh, at her age, um, but I think there's a there's a nice romantic relationship between her and Maverick. Um, it's hard to truly paint the picture of that relationship without having seen their past because they do kind of reference it on a few occasions, but they don't really. You know, we don't have the benefit of having seen it firsthand, um, and so that's kind of tough. But I think for the most part, they do a good job. Um, it's also kind of hard to paint. Tom Cruise, who I, I'm not sure what his age is, but I think he's like 60 at this point as like this, you know, rebel loner kind of bachelor, um, the way that he was depicted in the first one, but they still go for it. <laughs> like they're, I, I think it's funny about Tom Cruise movies that they seem 
totally committed to not showing his age whatsoever. Um, there, there was a preview for Mission Impossible before this movie. And again, like he's just doing all these crazy things. And I know for the most part that he's doing a lot of these stunts himself. So it's, it's not, you know, totally unrealistic, or maybe it's not any more unrealistic that Tom Cruise can do these things than it would be like Chris Pratt or something. But I, I think it's just interesting the way that they continue to portray him having a, like the personality or the lifestyle of a younger man, even though he's now at this point, uh, you know, 60 years old. Uh, but it doesn't really play too much of a role in this movie. I, I think you, there's some moments where I was like the, the interactions between characters, specifically rooster and Maverick, um, made me kind of question like how old is Tom Cruise supposed to be? Like is realistically he, his type of relationship would be like an uncle, uh, you know, like his friend's best friend or his dad's best friend could potentially have that kind of relationship with him. But in the end, they're like kind of buddies um, as if there isn't 40 years, 30 years uh, age difference between the two of them. But that just, that might just be me. Um, I think it's a little bit strange, but whatever uh another thing that they substitute here we get a, a very unique take on football in place of volleyball um where they're playing like head to head i think maverick i wrote down weird game of football and then maverick explains it as playing offense and defense at the same time and I, but unfortunately we don't get playing with the boys during this segment uh which was probably the only well note one of one of a few notable like fan service moments that they didn't go all in on. Um, the other one that I would bring up is at the very end, uh, they don't give us a, you can be my wingman anytime. And <laughs> I was fully expecting it. They don't say the actual words, but they do give us that, that moment. And it's rooster, you know, running over to Maverick and they're, you know, embracing and they just have that smiling at each other moment where it's like, I was ready for it. I was ready for someone to say the line. Neither one of them said it, but it still felt the same way uh, overall. Uh, So, I mean, that's it. It, It's kind of like a remake um, without being a remake. So it, it does carry on the story. I think that's definitely the benefit that this movie has in addition to like modern technology helping elevate the action sequences. Um, it does have the past history of the original movie to build off of here. And so they're able to further explore not only Maverick's relationship with rooster, but also his relationship with goose kind of retroactively um, and relate to that a little bit more i was glad that i had watched the first one right before this because i i didn't feel like i was missing any of that um i felt like i was fully armed to understand that relationship and the heartbreak that that happens in that movie when goose dies um if you're listening to my review of top gun maverick i hope that that's not a big spoil spoiler for you um but when goose dies it, it i mean I felt the emotion of that scene, and I think that I almost felt more of it watching this movie throughout in the moments where they're talking about it, because you are now seeing the effects that it, it had on Rooster, in addition to Maverick, um, and just the ripple effects that it had on both of their careers as well. I do think that the it it did kind of forecast or or, or foreshadow 
um, how it was going to end. Like I went into this and I saw him at Tom Cruise Maverick as the teacher. And I was like, there's no way he's not flying this mission at the end. Like everyone kind of was expecting it. And I don't think that really took away from much. Um, but I think that that sequence was extended. Uh, whereas in the original Top Gun, the actual like combat that they have is such a small moment in the course of the the full movie and it's really expanded on in this movie where the actual mission itself takes up a larger chunk and i i thought the mission was carried out very well i think the tension is there in those moments when it's needed and i also think some of the softer moments the more touching emotional moments are there as well too um but then obviously there's a ton of of stuff to cheer about. There's a ton of stuff to laugh at uh, and all of that. So I think that the movie has all the ingredients, sprinkles it in uh, very well, and it paid off. I, I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. And I think another big reason, I have to make this point um, that I really enjoyed it. it. It does feel very Call of Duty-esque at the end and just, you know, over-the-top action kind of glorifying these individual um, soldiers in this combat situation. And I think that's fine. That's exactly what it's going for. I think it works. But I think overall, they also just went Star Wars with it. And I think that (laughs) if you watch this movie and you didn't pick up on that somehow, I'm going to blow your mind because... The mission that they have is that they need to follow a very curvy, treacherous path that's very low to the ground in order to approach a target that they need to target and hit precisely. And you need to have one one plane come in and take out this like barrier that's blocking where they need to shoot it and then you need to have the follower come in and actually take the shot that destroys the uranium plant as well and it's just destroying the death star uh, but it's on earth in fighter jets and that's fine because i thought it was hilarious and and it worked really well but i couldn't shake that um comparison from my head and then at the end I, i mean i was kind of waiting for the moment where uh, you know, the Millennium Falcon comes in and it didn't happen by the time that Maverick is then sacrificing himself to save Rooster. <laughs> but, but then when the two of them are coming back at the end and Hangman comes in and takes out the uh, bandit that's on their tail, uh, that's the Millennium Falcon moment. And so I, <laughs> I just lost it because I thought that they didn't completely go with the star wars ending but then they absolutely went with the star wars ending and that was the biggest point i wanted to make about this movie because it's just big dumb summer action movie fun and i really enjoyed my time with the first one i thought that it made me more excited about going to see the second one originally you know when i bought my ticket even like i hadn't seen the first one yet so i was just kind of like all right i'm gonna go see this probably make a review on it. Um, But I was excited to see it uh, after watching the first one and I had a really good time with it. So like I said, if you are a fan of Top Gun, you are absolutely going to love this movie or you you already loved it. If you are not a fan of Top Gun or if you've not seen it, highly recommend watching it first because it's going to 
um, inform your opinion a little bit more because you're going to get those comparison points. You're also going to get the the backstory of the relationship between Maverick and Goose. Um, that's going to feed into the relationship with Maverick and Rooster as well. Um, but overall, I, I think I ultimately would give Top Gun the original a three out of five review score. And then for this one, like I said, because it has the benefit of the storytelling, carrying on that story and modern technology, making those combat sequences a little bit more exciting and fresh, um, I, I would give this one a higher score, but it's essentially the same movie. So I'm going to go with 3.5 out of 5 for Top Gun Maverick. If you are looking for something to really just liven up uh, the summer for you, it's a great start of summer action movie, like I said. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed. But that is my Top Gun Maverick review. So I uh, just want to kind of give a little bit of a heads up uh, about what we've got working right now so uh most recently we dropped our first ever video exclusive content over on youtube so i had dropped a couple teases on previous episodes uh recommending that you subscribe to youtube to see what's coming next and uh the payoff is here we um uh, uploaded a pokemon challenge video and so that is pokemon leaf green with water types only where i play through the entirety of pokemon leaf green forming a team of only water type Pokemon. So if you're a Pokemon fan, if you've not seen a Pokemon challenge video before, I think this is a great introduction for you. If you are familiar with Pokemon challenge videos, I would love for you to check ours out and kind of see what our uh, individual flavor and flair is. Um, I tried to put a lot of my personality into that video and uh, Richard sprinkled some of his in there too. And I think it turned out really great. Really proud of that project. So definitely check it out on youtube and subscribe while you're there because we're going to be aiming to get one of those out at least once a month here um, aiming for the last friday of the month um looking ahead we have uh episode 208 um, where we're going to be diving into stranger things and the boys um, a couple of very good shows that i have enjoyed to this point have a couple of new seasons coming up um actually at this point stranger things uh season four has already dropped the first seven episodes so you can check that out um and then the boys is going to be dropping season three uh the first episode because they do it weekly um shortly as well so i have a couple great conversations uh with stranger things i brought on um Colin and Whitney from Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, and they just brought some amazing passion and knowledge about the show. Um, and I got to kind of take a passenger seat in that segment. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And then also um, brought on some guests to dig into the boys and kind of prime ourselves for that new season by taking a look at some of our favorite characters in the show thus far both the soups and the non-soups so highly recommend um keeping an eye out for that episode there's a lot of great stuff there and uh next week's review is actually going to be uh on stranger things so just keeping that flavor going you can check that out one week from the release of this episode um but yeah stay tuned like i said if you can take a moment to review rate like subscribe follow all of those things i'd greatly appreciate it thank you to those of you who have done that we'll see you next time